Welcome to the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council with hosts Grace Evans and Moses Bratchard. Stay informed on the top stories on life, family, and religious freedom. Get the facts, stand for truth. Hello and welcome to the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council. I'm Moses Bradford with Grace Evans, here to give you the top stories of the week so that you can get the facts and stand for truth. Today we're talking about some really interesting uh, news that's, that's, uh, that's come up this week. First of all, we're going to talk about a, uh, a high school football coach who, who prayed on the field mm-hmm. and found his case uh, and got sued and found his case on all the way to the Supreme Court. So that's uh, in recent news that we'll be discussing. And then we'll get into the story of billionaire Elon Musk buying Twitter. Mm-hmm. So that's all ahead on the Family Beacon. Our videographer is uh, <laughs> raising his hands and um, rejoicing back there. Um, are we happy that Elon Musk bought Twitter? Let's find out. In yeah, a, let's find out. Let's, let's find out. But first, Grace, tell us about uh, the Coach Kennedy case. Uh, why, mm-hmm. what, why, why is a high school football coach right. praying on the field something that has now at the Supreme Court? That's a great question, Moses. First, I just want to ask you and our audience, like, can you imagine being fired from your coaching job because you prayed on the football field? <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. I, it's actually insane. It's really hard, yeah. So I want to break down this story for you because this is actually really important uh, for us to understand. Religious freedom is under attack in America. It's under attack. Um, Progressives like to say it's not. It absolutely is under attack. We're... Here at MFC, we're fighting hard to ensure that your inalienable rights um, are protected, especially here in Minnesota, but across all of the states. That's something that MFC stands for. So recently, MFC, along with 28 other family policy councils, there are different family policy councils and different organizations, signed on to a brief um, along with our allies at Family Policy Alliance to join in favor of Coach Kennedy, who was fired from a public school in Washington because he briefly prayed, hear this from me, he briefly prayed at the 50-yard line after a football game. He got fired from his job for doing this. So once, so he would do this routinely after football games. Mm -hmm. He was a coach at a public high school. He would pray at the 50-yard line. Once um, several of his students approached him, and asked if they could pray with him. Mm-hmm. And he readily and agreeably said, we stay in a free country, or we live in a free country. That's what he stated. Mm-hmm. And so they joined in and prayed with him. They're, so he's not he's not like forcing no, them to join not, in with No, them. forcing him. He was just yeah. praying, and then some students asked if they could join. He said, we live in a free country. So mm-hmm. they came and prayed with him. So following this event, what happened is Coach Kennedy's employer at the public school informed him that he wasn't permitted to pray publicly. Um, and so at first, Coach Kennedy did act in accordance with this because he was like, okay, this is like, I'm going to act in accordance. I'm going to do this. But then he became firmly convinced after praying about this privately, he became firmly convinced that these orders were unjust, Mm -hmm. that the U.S. Constitution guarantees every citizen the right to freedom of speech and religion. Mm -hmm. And so with this growing conviction, he continued to boldly pray in public at the 50-yard line. Unfortunately, it wasn't long before the school district fired him, Moses, and they cited the Establishment Clause which I think here it's important to note that historically the Supreme Court's precedent has been to, um, the precedent of the Supreme Court has actually been thrown by the wayside here. Because in modern day America, how SCOTUS interprets this clause is based on the belief. Uh, let's, let's, let's just give, yeah. uh, give, so the clause yes, is in the you. First Amendment. 
And everybody's heard it. Congress shall um, make no law creating an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise Mm -hmm. thereof. So two parts. First of all, there's no official church, no state church in the United States in the way that there is in in, uh, England or in in Imperial Germany or something like that. And second of all, um, uh, the Congress cannot uh, cannot interfere with Mm -hmm. your free exercise of your religion. So with Coach Kennedy, it's almost like the government is trying, or the Bremerton School District's in Washington, they're trying to, they're trying to, they're trying to do the first thing. Their mm-hmm. their misguided interpretation of the first thing, which which is what you're getting into, an established in religion. Yep. But while doing that, they're prohibiting the free exercise of Coach Kennedy's religion. Right. Exactly. Now that's what you call ironic. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, if you want to learn more about separation of church and state, please uh, visit the link in the description. We have an excellent unwoke video that Moses did on the separation of church and state. Our stance is laid out there for you, just for easy reference. Um, but anyways, so they cited the establishment clause. Um, which they, which is based, SCOTUS has interpreted this in the past, this establishment clause, um, they've interpreted it as based on the belief that religious pluralism requires neutrality, neutrality from the government. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing, like Moses just laid out, is not neutrality because it's very, very clear that this attack on religious freedom is not neutral. Rather, Coach Kennedy has been singled out for his Christian beliefs. We've never had a story come up of someone that's like Muslim that's praying on the 50-yard line that has gotten kicked off of his job, gotten fired for praying. Yeah, I've never heard I've of never a story heard of, like I've that. I've never heard of that. I've only heard of, of Christians being targeted. So is this about religious neutrality or is this about targeting Christians? I think it's Christians, when I heard about the story and I wrote a piece on this for MFC, it just made me think of Daniel's faithfulness to God, mm. even when he was instructed by those in authority not to pray, and then he did pray. The difference for us, though, is back in those times, um, he lived in a country that doesn't didn't claim to uphold freedom of speech, freedom of religion. We do live in a country that claims to uphold these values. And so that's why MFC, along with our allies, is taking this fight to the Supreme Court. And the reason we're talking about this is because we just, the oral arguments were just heard at the Supreme Court this week. Um, And so really, it is a huge win that the Supreme Court decided to take this case up and to examine this case because originally, um, yeah, the fact that the Supreme Court is hearing this case is really good. Hopefully they rule the right way because it will set a huge precedent, Moses, if they rule against Coach, Coach Kennedy and say that he was correct that he was fired. Right. Obviously, that would be a big thing. But hopefully this will come out and be a huge win um, because I think it's really clear to us uh, that if Coach Kennedy's religious freedom can be trampled upon this easily, it's really only a matter of time before we, too, see this, these effects in our daily life. Yeah, that's a good point because, like, I think with these Supreme Court cases, um, first of all, you know, there's there's mm-hmm. so many different court cases to keep track of. There was the yeah. Masterpiece yeah. Bake Shop case, and now there's Coach Kennedy, and there's um, there's the, the Girl Swimmers in Connecticut, and all of these things. And I think sometimes it's just hard to keep track, and it's also hard to think, uh, is this really going to be me? Mm-hmm. Like, if I mm-hmm. if I don't actively support this and share this, am, is, am I going to be targeted? Am, are my daughters going to have to uh, uh, play against male athletes? Am I uh, if I do my public prayer? Am I going as a you know I'm a, I'm a janitor at a public school or whatever? Am I are my religious freedoms going to be targeted? And the point is that. Yeah, maybe, and mm-hmm. and the, the it's just so good that that Coach Kennedy is is standing up. And the thing, I think, like 
that's really hard to think about is when I was looking at this case, like mm-hmm. this happened seven years ago. I was going to say that. Yep. And um, that's when he was fired by uh, the school district. Mm-hmm. And so when, when, so what, what he, he has had to make the choice, make the choice at every juncture with every, uh, every progress, I, I, I assume, I haven't looked at but I assume it went through Washington state courts mm-hmm. and then to federal courts and now finally to the Supreme Court, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and, just think about what a toll that would take on mm-hmm. you to have your entire, not just your livelihood, but your whole religious beliefs being uh, put under a microscope, being challenged. I saw that there was a Satanist group that protested his oh, prayers. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. I wow. feel like we always end the up Satanist. talking about some weird thing that the Satanists are doing. The Satanists, the Satanists. They were, yeah. They, yeah, they demanded to be, uh, to be, to, to be led in on this. And mm. I just think, so not only is coach Kennedy, a courageous person mm-hmm. for, praying publicly, not forcing anybody to pray with him, but he thought, he thinks, you know what? My job is to be a coach. I'm going to go out there on the field. I'm going to pray that we have a good game, that I do my job well, that the students are safe and all that. I, I'm just guessing the things that he might might have been praying. That he's courageous in that way, but also courageous in the way that he's, he's let his name be associated with, and, and of course, these attorneys are trying to help him. They're Absolutely. trying to protect his freedom. Right. And, but but more than that, I'm sure what what will happen if, if the Supreme Court um, is able to rule in his favor, uh, rule in his favor, then this will there'll be uh, a thousand different people in this country or more who will be benefited by that ruling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's kind of what my point is there. Yeah, he said um, in an interview, he said, "I am extremely grateful that the Supreme Court is going to hear my case and pray that I will soon be able to be back on the field coaching the game and players I love." And I just think, you know, that first question that I asked you on the podcast, like, can you imagine being in his position? You know, can can any of us imagine that? Um, we, we really need to be tracking this closely because how the Supreme Court rules on this do- will have drastic effects on our daily life. And I think it's easy to think, oh, well, this happened to this one person, but would it ever happen to me? Absolutely, it could happen to you. Right. And that's why we're so grateful that we can take help take this fight the supreme court and we are a part of this because we absolutely believe in religious freedom um as so he's working with first liberty to get his supreme court this case to the supreme court and the president and ceo of first liberty released this statement which i think is a good summary um she said no teacher or coach should lose their job for simply expressing their faith while in public by taking this important case the supreme court can protect the right of every american to engage in private religious expression including praying in public without fear of punishment and i think that's a good summary so hopefully the supreme court rules correctly constitutionally um we will definitely keep you updated but again oral arguments were just heard there hasn't been i haven't seen a date um announced where they will release it on a specific date but i'm assuming we'll just be we'll keep you guys posted if we hear anything grace yes i have some supreme court news <laughs> you have some supreme court news that i didn't get a chance to tell you before we started filming I think you slacked, slacked oh i did me. i did, so slack I did you. see and it actually no. i okay i um maybe i shouldn't expose myself like this i was in class and i saw the message and i did tear up just Aww. a little bit because it's okay. Can you explain what it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, explain, yeah. So I wow. I I think I think that our listeners and viewers will understand why Grace had the reaction because mm-hmm. I I had a similar reaction. So what we heard was a little piece of news about the Dobbs v. Jackson case at the Supreme Court. You know, that's the case that could potentially overturn Roe v. Wade. We mm-hmm. don't know. Nothing's nothing's done until it's all done. But what we heard is that Chief Justice Roberts 
will not be writing the opinion, the majority opinion in Dobbs v. Jackson. Now, you may wonder, oh, we have talked about this on the podcast before, but if you if you haven't followed this case super closely, you may wonder what's so great about that. Right. Well, the thing is that Justice uh, Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, is widely viewed as a bit of a moderate on abortion. He mm-hmm. seemed, uh, during the oral arguments in the Dobbs case, he seemed to want to find some kind of compromise where maybe Roe is kept but uh, changed in some way uh, to allow for the Mississippi law of the 15-week abortion ban to stay in effect, but that wouldn't be a complete um, uh, revocation of um, Roe v. Wade. However, if uh, Chief Justice Roberts does not write the opinion, then that means that there are five other conservative justices, I think I'm getting that number right, who could write the opinion, all of whom, as far as we know, are more solid on the issue of abortion. Uh, Our attorney, Renee Carlson, believes that Justice Amy Coney Barrett will write the opinion, Mm -hmm. which I personally think would be amazing. A major win. Yeah, for for a mom of young children. Yes. For a mom of young children. Who is successful. Who is successful, who really really shows just by doing what she is doing, by becoming a a federal judge, first of all, and then now a Supreme Court judge. That women can do both. Women can do both, yeah. And Mm -hmm. women... Women don't need abortion. I think Grace Grace is fond of saying that. Yes, women don't need abortion. They also don't need to pursue a career, but they can pursue a career and have children. That's that's a good point. So I I, um, I would just love to see an opinion from Justice Barrett. And now even if mm-hmm. Justice Robert Chief Justice Roberts does not sign on, there's still a majority with Justices Alito, uh, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and Thomas and Justice Barrett. That's five out of the nine. That's all you need. Um, but maybe Justice. Um, Maybe Justice Roberts will be in the majority. We don't know that. And we also don't know when the opinion will be announced. It could be uh, it could be June. Um, uh, people are saying late June, but nobody really knows. So we will keep you posted. And just I just think we're we're just so grateful to God, even for that little mm-hmm. hint, that little hint of hope of hope that 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 what we could be seeing a real yeah. change of the tide um, in this country on, on this sad, sad topic. And I just keep thinking, too, that this is probably the possibly the biggest ruling of my entire life and probably Moses's entire life. Absolutely. Like, this is so monumental. Like, what a privilege it is, honestly, to be living through this moment, to be living in this time. Like, there's so many dark things in this world. But the fact that the Supreme Court has taken this up, has taken up this question even, is amazing. I mean, I don't know if, if, yeah, this is just, it's a monumental moment. And so I'm sitting on the edge of my seat literally every day. Like, I just, I constantly am thinking about it. How are they going to rule? How are they going to rule? Maybe that's why you've been having lower back pain. (laughs) You should sit in the center of your seat. (laughs) (laughs) This is a serious topic, so you wouldn't have to put up with you guys. But anyways, there's... It's just, it's such a big deal, and I I keep thinking, like, the different ways that this could pan out, I just have strategy ideas for the different ways, depending on what happens, like, what our course of action is going to be. So definitely stay tuned, because MFC has some plans for how we're going to help women. We're currently helping women know that they don't need Planned Parenthood, they don't need abortion, but how we can continue, let's say Roe v. Wade is overturned, we need to make sure women know all the more they absolutely have the resources they need and deserve without Planned Parenthood. That's going to become even more crucial to tell them that, because they might think, oh, we have nowhere to go. That's absolutely not true. Women have places to go. Pregnancy resource centers actually vastly outnumber Planned Parenthood and they provide so many better services and they don't lie to women and they don't cover up sex trafficking. 
I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> but as you, I'm just, I'm just, I'm privileged to be living through this moment. It's historic. Um, you thought COVID was big. You thought a worldwide pandemic was big. We might be about to abolish infanticide. Yes. So that is huge. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. It's it, it's hard to overstate it. And yes. you know, speaking of good news, mm-hmm. um, I think I think that we we both agree that um, that Elon Musk purchasing Twitter is not as good news as uh, potentially Roe v. Wade being overturned by any oh, stretch of the imagination. Oh, definitely not. I would but, definitely not say that. But, <laughs> you, know, you know, we sometimes have to talk about some really hard stuff on this podcast, uh, Critical Race Theory, a few weeks ago. And, that was um, last week. Last week. Yeah. Wow. Time is just going so quickly. Um, and, uh, and and just and, – and now this week mm-hmm. – um, or uh, no, but, but great stuff this week is what I'm trying to say. And so I just think it's so cool that we get to talk about this. So I want to, I want to talk about this. And I think many of our – if you're on Twitter, you can't avoid seeing this. Like every fifth post I see is either blah, 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 Elon blah, Musk blah. or it's about Elon Musk, whatever. Elon Musk, the worst thing so in the world. Is, Elon Musk, the right. best in the world. Exactly. Everyone has an opinion, right? Some people have so deleted their accounts. If, if you haven't been living under a rock, or yeah. if you have been living under a rock, I should say, he bought Twitter, and he is the richest, the richest man in the world. I think he only recent, he recently surpassed Jeff Bezos and who's the other head honcho, Bill Gates. Um, he recently surpassed him. I think they were like going back and forth for a while, but he they is were the richest. At this point, uh, Elon Musk is way richer yeah. than. Oh them. yeah, recently it's like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially with Tesla, Tesla's success. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. he's yeah. So he's very rich. Um, other thoughts? Well, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, there was a lot of behind the scenes, like so. Like I didn't even realize that he was a shareholder of Twitter, and then turns out he owned like nine percent of it already. And then um, he was the biggest shareholder, so they were going to give him a seat on the board. But then there was like basically a dis uh, a disagreement over something with the current CEO, mm-hmm. um, and then. Uh, turned and then when you're the richest person in the world and you have a disagreement with somebody, well, <laughs> you can uh, offer to you buy the company the for forty-four billion dollars, which you is can make it happen. Apparently, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. And, and then the thing was like, I I didn't I didn't really think about this, but um, so Elon Musk offered uh, forty-four billion dollars, which was something like fifty-four bucks a share or something along those lines. That's a lot of cash. I don't remember what Tesla's share, uh, excuse me, Twitter's share price was before this news, mm-hmm. but it was lower than that. So, so Elon Musk, and that's what you do when you buy a company. You have to offer more than um, than it's than it's currently trading for per share, usually, uh, based on the value of the assets and so forth. So, um, so it seemed very obvious that the board was going to say no. That's the thing. That's what I thought. But and I was talking with my brother about that. I was like, okay, yeah. it seems like it's not going to happen. Elon's not going to get Twitter. So I was shocked when I saw I was that, shocked it ha- too. that it happened. But then I, then I, yeah, so I, I realized what happened, um, what, what people say happened is that essentially it was too good of an offer for the mm. shareholders to turn down. Ultimately, mm. the board of Twitter is, um, is uh, they, they have to do what the shareholders want. Mm. And if wow. the, the shareholders want to, if they're, sh- 
if their stock is worth 44 bucks a pop and they're being offered 54 bucks a pop, yeah, most of them are going to say, yeah, give me that money. Because Twitter has struggled for years in terms of monetization of its mm, platform. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah you, could, you may well wonder. So, so this, has been, this has been a real victory for fans of free speech. Yes. Can I go ahead and read? What, or were you about to do that? Can I go ahead and read what he said? Like oh, the please. things he wants to implement? Please because do, yeah. I want to read some. This is how, how he plans to change Twitter, what, just like his current plans. And then I also want to talk about the response that has. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, he, that this has garnered. So he tweeted out April 25th um, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy, and Twitter is the digital town square where where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the products with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots, and authenticating all humans. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. So that's really the only official statement I've seen released. Have you seen anything other than that? I haven't seen any, like, master plan. Official statements, no, but he's been tweeting a lot. He has been tweeting a lot. Well, we don't have to read all of those tweets. Some of the tweets. No, (laughs) no. I, I thought the one with Ben Shapiro was interesting. Maybe I'll share that really quickly. Oh, oh, yes. So first of all, uh, like uh, uh, the the CEO of or not the CEO of Twitter, whatever whatever role he's going to have at Twitter, um, him. Um, What's his name? The Twitter uh, CEO. I'm, I it's <laughs> okay, an Indian name, and I'm not. Okay. I I think I know how to spell it, but I can't okay. pronounce it. Okay. But the so you know, <laughs> Ben Shapiro, right? He's you know. On the right, he seems pretty mainstream. But if you're on the left, you know, he seems like a Nazi, which is hilarious. But there you go. So Ben Shapiro tweets, and this was, only, this was today, he said something along the lines, Elon Musk says Twitter should be politically neutral. Washington Post and every mm-hmm. left-wing uh, blue blue check mark, they start screaming. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so and then Elon Musk replied, and he said, attacks are coming thick and fast, primarily from the left, which is no surprise. However, I should be clear that the right will probably be a little unhappy too. My goal is to maximize area under the curve of total human happiness. He talks weird. Uh, and we might talk a yeah. little bit about how yeah. uh, he's a, r- a really strange person, which means the 80% of the people in the middle. Now, I, I like that. I don't want... Twitter to become a right-wing stronghold. I don't want Me left-wing either. people to be blocked. No, we don't no, want I that. I don't want that. I want discourse. Yeah. Like, I want people Discord to have... Discord and discourse. <laughs> I want people to have conversations. I just... I don't want the censorship. So, as we just heard from Moses, you know, it's not really like Elon is introducing something that radical. All he's doing is saying free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy. I read you that quote. He yeah. wants to make sure that spam bots are eliminated. Like he wants to make sure that that the algorithms are open source to increase trust. So basically, what we've seen in the past with Twitter is we've known there's an algorithm. We don't know what that algorithm is. We have no really way, way to know how to tap it. We know some things are censored. We know some hashtags censor people, but we don't know what those are. What he's saying is that will be open source to increase trust, meaning we'll know, oh, this hashtag, if you use hashtag pro-life, that's censored or something. Like, we'll know what, what the algorithm actually is. Right. And so I think, you know, that what you read from Ben Shapiro is just so true. Like that's what I've been thinking about recently is suddenly we've been hearing this for so long from progressives. No, shadow ban isn't real. No, no one's getting censored. Your tweets just aren't good enough or catchy enough. There's there's no way you're just less smart, not as catchy, not as cool, not as trendy as us. Yeah. We're just overperforming because our content's better, basically. There's no such thing as a shadow ban or censorship. But then why are they all freaking out right now? Why are so many progressives freaking out that Elon Musk bought Twitter and wants to make it more free speech 
right? For, for I, one thing, um, like your average Twitter user mm-hmm. is a, a very left wing um, white male. Like the average Twitter user, like Twitter is very popular among um, men. It's very popular among city dwellers. It's very popular among progressives generally. But conservatives love it too. But conservatives have been in the minority on the platform. But no, but I. Uh, but I'm not taking away from Grace's point. The people at Twitter have also been shadow banning and in some cases actively banning uh, right wing accounts. Minnesota Family Council yeah, I was, was, that up. was um, we were we were temporarily suspended for tweeting that uh, uh, Rich, Rachel Levine, formerly Richard Levine, uh, President Biden's assistant secretary of health is a man. He, a um, biological he's man. He's a biological man who claims who to be a woman. Who identifies as a woman. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, we even got the, the you know, this ridiculous uh, kabuki theater of, of him claiming to be, or of being given, uh, being, uh, being awarded an admiral's stars in the um, nation's uniform public well, he health was services as, and then we and then we got as, the first female admiral in the public health service thing and it's just it and become, he also won woman of the year oh yeah that's woman right. of the year yeah are so, you kidding me so we so we were we were shadow banned for that and you know this goes on youtube where you can probably still be shadow banned <laughs> For saying things like that, so I'm just gonna say, um, I'm just gonna, <clears throat> I just say that I'm gonna look into the camera. And I'm gonna say, Rachel Levine is a man. Caitlyn Jenner is also a man. Um, and if any, if, if let me just, if if you are wondering what sex or gender you are, um, it's the one you were born with. Thank you. I'm done. <laughs> and if you think that identifying as a woman, if you're a biological man, is cool. Like, I just, womanhood is being erased from our society, and we need people to actually stand up and say something about it and do something about it. Stop sitting back and sacrificing womanhood on the altar of convenience. Like, you're afraid of getting canceled, so you're just going to nod and say, yes, oh, this is a woman, even though it's actually a man. That's a, that's, even though this person, I should say, is actually a man, that's a big problem. Yeah. That's a big problem. So use your voice, honestly. Please use your voice. Stop catering to the progressive agenda because it's going to come back to bite you if we stay silent about the things that matter the bad things happen take over this ideology just seeps into america further and womanhood is erased so rise up don't be afraid to say a man is a man and woman is a woman don't apologize for that amen all right um so moses on this elon musk thing yeah I, I think we can agree that we're really happy. We're excited to see what, what's going to go down because we don't know exactly because, again, he's tweeted out his main plans. We don't know what else is going to happen. Yeah. Like maybe he'll do some stuff and I'll be like, oh, I wouldn't have done it that way. But I'm just – it seems like this is a good step for free speech. And honestly, when I heard this, I thought, ooh, what if he did Instagram next? Because <laughs> I – okay, I don't know. We've – MFC at MN Family Council. We'll have it on the screen right here right now, our Instagram handle. We – Post a lot of content on there. I should say I Grace post a lot does of content. an amazing job <laughs> with you. our Instagram. And some of our posts have gone really viral. Grace won't say that about herself, but so I will say what an amazing job that she does. So you definitely should follow us on Instagram because it's Thanks, just Moses. great content. Once I did post something in, a lot of people in different countries are reposting stuff, um, which was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyways... We have gotten so shadow banned. Our pro-life content is extremely shadow banned on there, which means we're doing something right. But our shadow ban on there, honestly, is worse than on Twitter, in my opinion, for MFC's page and even my personal page. Like, I have a personal Instagram, and I'm extremely shadow banned on there. And you can just tell. You can – if you use a hashtag, 
like hashtag pro-life and then you put the hashtag into the search engine and then you try to find your post that you just posted, it doesn't show up. Mm. Like that hashtag isn't attached to it anymore. Sneaky. And so anyways, all that to say is what if he did Instagram next? I don't think he will, but I regardless. Instagram is worth a lot more money than Twitter regardless, because there's more ads. Mm, well, regardless, I just want to say, you know, that was my immediate immediate thought of that would be really cool because Facebook, you know, it'd be cool if we did Facebook, but Instagram is where more young people are at. And so I'd really like to yeah. take back Instagram. Imagine the damage we could do, the damage we could do if we had full reign on Instagram. Yes. I mean, it's cool that we'll have Twitter. One thing I did want to say, though, is amidst this all this celebration, like this is exciting. I'm excited just to see and watch. Obviously, not like endorsing this because I don't know what he's actually going to do with it. I just know that he's done it. I, Matt Moore, who is a seminarian at my school, actually recently tweeted out something that was interesting. He said, I'm glad Musk is buying Twitter, but y'all, he ain't doing it for Jesus. Mic drop. Yes. Mic drop. That's a good point. I think that's a really good point because I think, you know, we can't elevate him to that sort of status. No one's really saying, no one's saying he is Jesus, but I think it's easy to be to glorify him in as our the culture, savior. Yeah, you know? our culture worships wealth. Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. So uh, there are a lot of Americans who think he's pretty close to Jesus, and that is not a good thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so there's, yeah, I think it's really cool, honestly, just to read about some of the things he's done in his life and just, he's just, obviously he's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, absolutely brilliant and just like, knows where to be, knows what sort of companies to start, knows how to start them. He just, and he's creative. I think that's awesome. But he isn't a Christian, um, so we need to remember that. So he's not doing it for the sake of the gospel, right? So there's not, there's that. And there's also some other concerns that Moses and I have, um, just with some things that he's doing, like one of his side hustles. I don't know his exact role in this in Neuralink. Do you know Moses? Uh, He started it. He started, I know he started it. I don't know if he's the CEO currently, but I know it was his, it's his brainchild. Yeah. Um, I want to talk just briefly about that. So Neuralink is a, if you go to Neuralink.com, you can see all this for yourself. I actually read the whole website today, just scouring it and seeing what it's all about. But basically, it's this concept that he's come up with. This hasn't come to fruition yet, but he's seeking to develop the first neural implant that will let you control a computer or mobile device anywhere you go. Now, that's like, okay, a computer device wherever you go, how he's going to do this is through something called the link. And he's doing experiments on this right now. The link would be a neural implant that's implanted into your head. Nope. Into your head. Not yep. doing it. Into your head. Uh, like right, right here. If you're watching the podcast, it'd be right here. Oh my gosh. Um, at the very tip top. And I want to, okay, I want to be charitable first and then I want to give my critiques. So he, he is very much seeking to, okay, so he has... One of the main reasons he wants to do this, he said this in multiple in multiple articles, he said this on his website, he wants to do this for the sake of people that are disabled so that they can engage more in life. Like if they can't talk, then they can use, they, they can control basically devices with their brain, just having it implanted into their brain. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of his vision for this. He also has gone in depth. If you go onto his website and you click about it and you click like concerns, you can scroll through the concerns that people have and he answers them. Um, for instance, like, if you're implanting something into your head, clearly that's going to be problematic because there's a lot of blood vessels right there. What are you going to do with that? So he has some answers to these things. Like he's seeking to figure out how to do this in a way that actually isn't going to kill people because mm-hmm. obviously we don't want that. Um, there's a lot of a lot of things that he answers on there. So he's definitely he's thinking about his approach, and he um, 
his one of his goals being to help the disabled, help those who, yeah, that's something that, you know, I think as Christians we can understand where he's coming from and wanting to seek to help the least of these. However, he also, it's not purely about that. Yeah. One of the statements from the website that I pulled is this. Neuralink's long-term vision is to create these devices that are sufficiently safe and powerful that the general population would want to have them. So it's not only developing for them for the disabled, but it's also for the general population to eventually use these. Yeah. And so um, here's the... When I rec- when I heard about this, um, I immediately thought of Black Mirror. Moses, I think we talked about this. Yeah. I've never seen Black Mirror, but it's a Netflix original. And I think the premise, because I've just seen some headlines about it, I think the premise is like it's a dystopian world and it, the, these episodes are standalone episodes, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the episodes, I'm pretty sure, again, haven't seen it, but one of the episodes, it's dystopian and I think they all end in chaos. Like it shows that it's bad. But basically devices are implanted into people's eyes, I think, in this specific one. And basically they can control like computer, there's like computers just, that go so, up. I just don't like this so much. But I'm pretty sure it ends up like... <laughs> taking over their brains i'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure but anyways regardless i just immediately thought of that comparison like oh this seems super dystopian i did some digging and apparently elon actually has made the black mirror comparison himself so he quoted in an interview this is yikes he said in response because someone asked him about is this similar to black mirror he says yes i think in the future you'll be able to save and replay memories i mean this is obviously increasingly sounding like a black mirror episode but i guess they're pretty good at predicting um, he said you could upload, you could basically store your memories as a backup and restore the memories, and ultimately you could potentially download them into a new body, a robot body. Okay. The future All is right. going to be w- weird. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Ah. <laughs> just <laughs> Give your thoughts. That just, that just kept getting crazier and crazier. I, yeah. Like, I, I want, um, you know, like, I, I you know, as we said, we, we like Elon Musk. He's, he's done a lot of cool stuff, but I just don't want him to become the evil genius who tries to change humanity forever and gets like what, what that. What that yeah. What this sounds like is uh, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking that literally Dr. Frankenstein was like, hey, you know, what will be it wasn't cool? Dr. Frankenstein. The monster. Oh, oh, it was Dr. Frankenstein. It sorry. was, yeah. Sorry, sorry, yeah. it was Dr. Frankenstein. It, it oh, was Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> it was Frankenstein. Sorry, I thought you were saying the monster, and I was like, mm. Yeah, and, and even the movie titles have yeah. gone that wrong, like Anyways. Bride of Frankenstein yeah. and all so, that. So, yeah, Frankenstein so, is the doctor, not the monster, and that's what I thought Moses was saying, but he actually said it right, so good job, Moses. Thank sorry. you, thank you. Sorry. I think that should be our, our trailer for the show. Uh, is me trying the, to call him out. The, the one time <laughs> Grace admitted that I was right about something. Okay, but mm. so Anyways, I want, I want Elon Musk to not be Frankenstein, to not just be taken over by the evil of his own uh, creation trying to play God. But the thing the thing about this that Grace and I were talking about this yesterday is that um, there's a there's a pile of dead monkeys <laughs> that Elon Musk needs to explain. And now you, <laughs> I don't want to laugh about this because it's really sad. Okay, no, it's I know. Really I'm, sad. We're not, I'm not laughing at this. This is serious. Like, uh, you're going to get you, you heard about uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter from other sources, but you didn't get the dead monkeys why from other sources. Why are you smiling? Sources. This is so that, bad. No, I'm just saying that's why you have to watch or listen to <sighs> The Family Beacon. So the, th- the thing is that the Neuralink company, where how are they testing these microchips? They're testing them on monkeys. They're testing them on monkeys. And, and I think other animals too. But. And I think other animals as well. But the, the, the sad thing is that a lot of the monkeys have died. I, 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 wanted, I, I heard maybe the phrase 70%. I'm, I can't tell you that authoritatively, but these these implants are not really working that well. Okay, so so first of all, 
uh, if you're doing something and 70% of the animal subjects that you're doing it on are dying, I think that does step into the lines of animal cruelty a little bit. I'm not going to go all PETA on you, okay? I promise. But, but also, this is just... I just have so many ethical questions about this at all. First mm-hmm. of all, doing it for disabled people, I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with, and they already there already are systems that where disabled people, profoundly disabled people, c- control the computer mouse with their mind. So this is just an evolution of of that. But so, uh, but that, Elon Musk wants to do more than that, as he has said himself. Right. And him making the Black Mirror comparison is just, I think, so it's sad. Creepy. I, I've got creepy. this creepy, tingly feeling. I was like. Oh, oh, yeah. so, so he's not ashamed of this. Like, he, he's like, oh, I, the future's going to be weird. Like, he thinks this is weird, and he didn't say the word cool, but that's the vibe I get. He's like, Definitely. he's like, oh, this is like, let's explore this, let's do this. And the thing is, too, I also recently saw that he has, he's looking to hire a director for clinical studies, um, for, for clinical tests, I should say, for Neuralink on humans, which means he's considering doing these tests on humans soon. And Ooh. clearly, obviously, I mean, so again, being charitable, he's addressed these concerns. He wants to make sure that this is going to happen as smoothly as possible. But regardless, regardless, it's not going to go smoothly when you're doing clinical testing. And yes, the people are going to be signing on to this. He's not just picking people and like making them do it. But still, is this good for humanity? I think that's what we need to ask. Like even, so it's just, obviously this is a Christian podcast. And so from a Christian perspective, it's, I just kept thinking, you know, this, the more we try to become immortal, the more we try to to do these things and and just become basically this like glorified version of ourselves i even honestly think of like botox which that's a whole other topic but when we try to immortalize ourselves and almost become like god even yeah. though we're not we're we just we're going to see all the more clearly why we make such terrible gods we yeah. just do it's going to be a tower of Babel situation yeah, for one thing it is that's that's the comparison i was going to make it's when you try to reach this pinnacle of human achievement and then you realize oh, God can smite this down in one second, less than one second. Right. And it's the also the idea of like, okay, death is a natural result of the fall too. Mm. Um, death is a natural result of the fall. And yes, I'm so glad that we have medical advancements today. I'm so glad that people are working on a cure for cancer. <laughs> I'm so, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I love what you're saying. Yeah. I'm, I am so sorry to laugh. <laughs> But it's just funny that we were talking about these positive things. It's true. And then, and then, and I then, just made it doom our, and bloom. I, I, no, 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 <laughs> no. It's it's just it was a natural course of the of the progression of what we were talking about. But but then we we go from like things to be happy about, and then death is a natural <laughs> result of the fall. Oh gosh, gosh. <laughs> Anyways, my point being though, like, okay, I'm super glad we have these. I'm super glad that we have we live in a day and age where we have such medical advancement. But at the end of the day, yes. too we will not live forever, nor should we try to live forever. Right. Um, and altering our bodies in this specific way, again, it just it just feels like we're trying to elevate ourselves to something higher. And it's clearly, it will clearly have drastic effects. I think back to, this is something I've been thinking about recently too, Moses. I had a, in, I think about this so much actually. In first grade, my first grade teacher, and I don't remember a lot of things from first grade. My first grade teacher said, I don't know when she said this. It was in one class, but she was like, someday, you guys, just mark my words, someday robots will take over the world. Someday, and I was like, what? what? Wow. <laughs> first grader, she was like, someday people are going to be so obsessed with things becoming easier and simpler that this, that they're going to take over the world because they're going to be handing robots the keys to do what humans should be doing. Mm-hmm. 
And I was sitting there like, uh, this is a little weird. I was a first grade. I just remember my reaction being like, ha that's so weird. She's just a conspiracy theorist. I didn't know that term, but that's kind of what I thought I was yeah, thinking. Yeah. But I thought that back to that so much in my adult life. And honestly, it is just interesting how much we rely on technology even now. I mean, I think about it of is it actually healthy for me to have a phone and be so dependent on it? Like I can't go anywhere without my GPS. I don't read a map. I should know how to read a map. I mean, I know how to read a map, but I never do that. Imagine how much more time it would take for me to get from point A to point B if I had to read a map. I'm dependent on that. Imagine if God just decided, boom, I'm going to get rid of all the phones. Like something's going to happen. And, you know, it wasn't in 2000. Everyone thought the internet was going to be destroyed or something. Yeah. See, I wasn't even alive then, so I don't even know the full story there. But (laughs) (laughs) but basically, like, what if something like that did happen? And we all realized how dependent we were on these little glass gods, like I say a lot, in our pocket, these phones. Yeah. We are so dependent, even though they're not implanted into our head at this point, the Lord that they're not implanted in our head. Yeah, they still very much are attached to us, yeah. especially my generation. I mean, our phone is like glued to our hand. It is, I think, and that's why. Like, um, I'm going to bring this in for landing mm-hmm. by saying my, you know, it might be fun in the comments. Um, what portrayal of the future, like a fictional portrayal of the future, like a book or a movie or a TV show, do you think is most accurate? Mm-hmm. And for me, I think it's the movie Wally. Really? Because absolutely, because you talked about robots taking over, that's mm-hmm. what happens. And you also talked about smartphone addiction. These people are basically in these. Uh, they're they're too fat to walk. They're stuck in these chairs on mm-hmm. this spaceship because they've made Earth uninhabitable, and they're they're stuck in these chairs with this constant entertainment screen, and they're stuffing their faces. And everybody's happy. Right. But nobody is fulfilled. And um, so if I can tie that back into Elon Musk, as you as you know, if you've seen the movie Wally, however, there is hope. There is a happy ending uh, to that story anyway. But if I could tie this back into Elon Musk, Elon Musk is doing some really cool things. Mm-hmm. He's it's cool to watch. It, it's cool to watch. He's, he's working for an electric future with less pollution. Love it. He's working uh, so that yeah. he's revitalized the American space industry single-handedly. He gave Ukraine access to Spacelink. That's something to celebrate that is, too. That's really I, cool. I can celebrate that. Yeah, he's he's done he's done so much. Like, if we go to Mars, it'll be because of Elon Musk. Which is, if we get back to the moon before the Chinese do, it'll be because of Elon Musk. And 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 with Twitter, he's standing up for free speech. That's going to be, I really think, as we've said, that this is going to have uh, really good outcomes. So when you see people do good things, and then you see them do things that are not as good, mm-hmm. what you what you're seeing then is, uh, as we've said in the podcast multiple times, but you're seeing disordered love. You're mm-hmm. seeing priorities that are that are messed up and just askew a little bit. And the reason is that Elon needs Jesus because when we, uh, yeah, when we, uh, when we don't have Jesus as our, uh, as our first love, and if we don't give him all our service, then we will start doing the weird Tower of Babel things, as mm-hmm. Grace said, that, um, that the human brain naturally creates uh, because of our sin nature. So, um, and sometimes I wonder what gets honestly gets Elon up in the day. I do wonder mm-hmm. because I think it's cool that he's been ach- been able to achieve so much. But I wonder, like, what's it all for? You know, because yeah. he, he knows he's going to die someday. He's a smart guy. He knows he's going to die. What's it all for? That's a good point, and I think I think there's there there's um, you know, uh, there's this moment in the Gospels where um, 
where uh, Jesus has said something really controversial and a bunch of mm. his disciples leave. And um, uh, Jesus says, I think to Peter, are, are you also going to leave me? And, um, and Peter says, to whom would we go? Mm. You have the words of eternal life. So like, we can live forever, but not by downloading our brains into a, a robot. Oh, right? there we have it. There we have it. That's so true. <laughs> and if Elon Musk realizes that, and if all of us realize that, then we will know what we need to do. And what we need to do is go to church. <laughs> and bringing it back to what we talked about in the first episode of the Family Beacon podcast, again, our culture is at, a, is at a loss when it comes to defining what it means to be human. Yeah. And I think it really plays into this well because being human isn't just – like your memories being downloaded onto a computer and saved for eternity. That's not what makes you human. No. It's not your memories. Yep. And so, you know, until our culture recognizes what it fundamentally means to be human, we're made in the image of God. We are dust to dust. We will return. <laughs> this sounds existential, but it's really not because we'll return to dust. But in the next life, we're going to be with Jesus. We're going to be praising the Lord. So yeah. I think, you know, if our, if our culture, if we can rein our culture back in, if we can tell our culture the good news, if we can tell them, if we can help them understand what it means to be human, then we will really be setting them on the right track. And I think, you know, honestly, how powerful would it be if Elon was saved? How powerful would that let's, be? Let's work and pray toward that. I'm Moses Bradford. This is Grace Evans. Thank you so much for watching the Family Beacon podcast from Minnesota Family Council, where you can get the facts so that you can stand for truth. Thanks for listening to or watching this episode of the Family Beacon podcast from Minnesota Family Council. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you're up to date on life, family, and religious freedom. You can follow us on Instagram at MN Family Council and subscribe to us on YouTube to watch our content. Get the facts, stand for truth. Thank you.